All right, so let's get started. We are going to start reading uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Turn over there for me there. Thank you, brother. Uh, It says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? Verse 2, For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of, of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And if you know anything about this passage, you know anything about what these words represent, we ought to be, all be able to say amen right there. So, yeah, so the first thing I want to look at, we're talking about the route or the root, if you're fancy, you know, the, the root of faith. Uh, and this is where belief is actually exercised. Uh, you know, some of us may think when we see this word root or route, we think about a pathway, right? We think about a place that we're going or a, a, a destination. And when you have a destination, hopefully for most of us, you know, it's not just we get in the car and ride and hope we get there, right? Uh, hopefully we either get Google Maps or we get, map, you know, some kind of map quest and we, we say, I'm going, I'm here, I want to go there. And we have, it gives us directions, right? How many people, if we had to ask, how are you going to get to heaven? What would they say? Uh, I'm a good person. They have completely ignored the roadmap that's set out in God's word. Completely ignored it. Uh, and so a lot of us, for us, when we, if we share the gospel, you know, we talk about the Roman road or the Romans road. Well, that Roman road leads to righteousness, and we're going to see that today. Um, so the first thing that Abraham that he talked about or that Paul talked about about Abraham is he uses his example, and he says, what shall we say then? And so you're going to see a contrast here. The first thing that we see is him asking the Romans, hey, man, we're Romans, but not really, I'm a Jew. Let's talk for a minute. What did the Jews say about this? Uh, you see three passages uh, in Romans 6, Romans 7, this same question. Uh, Romans 6, 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And these are all rhetorical questions because he goes on to answer them. And most, in two of these instances, the next, next verse says, God forbid. Uh, what shall we say then? Verse Romans 7, 7 says, Is the law sin? God forbid, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. Romans 8, 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And so what we have to remember is that Paul is speaking to the Romans, to the church there, but it's made up of Gentiles and Jews. These Jews in that church would have known exactly what the Scripture said, what Abraham said, what Isaac said, what Jacob had said, uh, they would have known exactly what their forefathers had said uh, in response to God, and, and particularly in response to Jesus. Uh, and so in Matthew 3 and 39, Matthew 3, 9, John 8, 9, 
Isaiah 51 and 2. I'm skipping around. You're good, Derek. Um, so each time he asked them, you know, what does they, they always brought up Abraham the father. They all, anytime Jesus asked them a question, well, Abraham's our father, right? Um, so he was speaking to them in a way that they could understand. And what we saw last week um, is that they, uh, in verse 2, said that we are justified by works. Uh, so if you read that again, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, For what Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So justified by works, that goes in your, it's a definition of justification or justified. And if you remember this definition, you break down the word, it says de the declaration that man is righteous when he is not, just as if you had never sinned. Uh, and so I want to go back and read Romans chapter 3, verse starting in verse 20. You're, turn one, you're, for me, I don't have to turn. I just have to look over here. So turn one page. It says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And so what we see from this is there's no, we can't be justified in the law. We can't be justified in our works. Uh, we can only be justified by faith. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, 29-31 says that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And so what we see in verse 2, it said that for if Abraham were justified by works, to hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So, yeah, Abraham's a good guy. He was called the friend of God. He still didn't have enough works that he could glorify in his flesh, that he could glorify himself before God. And so our first key that we want to see today uh, and you can skip some of those verses for time's sake. If you've got Psalm 14, 1, 3, uh, Psalm 53, 1 through 3, and Romans 3, 12, uh, that regardless, and they all say that there's none righteous, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. Uh, we're all together wicked, is basically the gist of all those. It says, so our first key is regardless of how good we may be when comparing ourselves to others. And Jay made this point over the past few weeks. Yeah, I might look pretty good compared to... I don't know. I'm not going to compare myself to anybody in this room, but um, you know, or you might. You can all compare yourself to me and say you look good. How about that? Uh, regardless of how good we may look compared to other people, we will never meet God's standard in in our flesh. Never. Not any of us. Uh, not Billy, Billy Graham. Not Paul. The only person that ever met that standard was Jesus Christ. He's the only one. And so, you know, a lot of times we think. You got any people still in college here? And I'm, yeah, we got one. Okay. Uh, so when I was in college, you know, when you went to the class, took a test, 
And so they graded on a bell curve. Does anybody remember that? Yeah. So that is basically, you could make an F, but if you made a high F compared to somebody else, you might pass. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just screwed up, right? I mean, but that's, that's our system. So a lot of, you know, I thought about this road that leads to heaven, right? Well, a lot of us think in this world that, okay, well, maybe if I'm just better than that person, then I'm going to be up on that curve and God's going to let me in. You know, that's the mindset that some of us may have today is that, well, at least I haven't done X, Y, Z. And we talked about, and we all, you know, Jay talked about that a couple weeks ago. We always talk about murder. We always talk about the, just what in our minds, the worst sin, right? Um, and so we grade, we even put our sins on the curve. Well, my sin on the curve is down here. So it, our admittance to heaven is not going to be graded on the curve. There's not, the only, only admittance is either, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father except by me. Or have you not? And that's going to be the curve. Uh, and so, you know, there's not, there's not any multiple ways to get there. And to that point, no matter how much we do without Christ, it's a waste of time. Amen. I mean, it's a waste of time. You can do all the good works in the world. You can feed every person on this planet. You can, but if you're not saved, when you stand before him, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And people are going to say they prophesied in his name. They cast out devils. They healed people. He's going to say the same thing. I don't see the blood. And we don't want that to happen in our lives today. So verse 3. Notice that he said in verse 1, he said, What shall we say? Then he asked the proper question. What saith the scripture? And so for us today, you know, we need to kind of analyze that. When we, we ask a question, it's not what I say. It's not what... Uh, Colin says, or it's not what uh, my husband says, what saith the scripture on any matter? Any matter. And so that's the proper question to ask when any, anything gets brought up. Now, hopefully, each person that you ask, hope they're going to give you that same answer. Uh, but what saith the scripture? Jesus had the same thing to say to the disciples. He had the same thing to say to the scribes and Pharisees. That was always his question. What does the scripture say about this? Matthew 21, 42. Uh, I believe I've got that there. It says, Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. That is the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. John 5, 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they, they are they which testify of me. Romans 10, 11, For the scripture saith, uh, whomsoever believeth on him shall not be saved. Galatians 3.22, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise of faith by Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. 1 Corinthians 15 talks that when we share the gospel, it's that Jesus Christ died and he rose again according to the scriptures. It's not hearsay. It's God's word. He recorded it. And so we need to understand that any time, anything in our lives, when somebody's asking you a question, what saith the Lord? It's not what, what I think. It's not what anybody... What does God say about a matter? He started that with his people in Israel uh, in Exodus. And it's still the same for us today. What saith the Lord about any topic? 
And so let's move forward. The next thing that we see is that Abraham believed God. That's what the scripture says, that he believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And so when you start looking at Abraham's life, Genesis 12, God tells him, hey, I want you to get out of this country. I want you to go to another country that's foreign to you. Take everything you got and go here. And he believed God. He went. Genesis 15, 1 through 6, it talks about, oh, I did put that on the screen. Praise the Lord. So after these things, uh, the word of the Lord came unto Abr- Abram, that's his, before his name was changed, in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, and I exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given me no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto, me saying, came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. He brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, He said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So Abraham believed God when there was no reason to believe God. He was an old man at this time. His wife was an old man, or old woman, excuse me. I don't want to get any any other discussions there, excuse me. Uh, That'd be another sermon. We'd have to spend another couple hours. Um, They were both old. They were both past childbearing years. But anything's possible with God. Uh, Galatians 3, 6 says, Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And so you're going to see these words, counted, accounted. James 2, 23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God. And here's another word that we'll break down in just a minute. It says, It was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And so you think about an account. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you've got somebody that manages the money, you want things going in. You don't want things coming out, right? Um, you want things going. Jonathan can help you with that in your financial classes. So, um, so God, because Abraham believed, put something in Abraham's account. Put something there that he didn't have. If you go back, verse 1, it said that Abraham has found something that he didn't have before. It was a cause of belief. Uh, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Um, go on to the next one there if you don't care. Psalm, let's skip one, uh, two, sorry. Do I have Psalm 11? Yeah. For the, righteousness, the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned of thy righteous judgment. The Lord is righteous. Um, so, Abraham wasn't righteous. God put something of himself into his account. God imparted or imputed righteousness on Abraham's behalf. We'll get into that in just a second. The next thing we want to look at, and and the second point, is the requirement of faith. Uh, Really, I don't do the start with the letters, the same letters a lot of times, so this is hard for me to do. Jonathan did a great job of that uh, in Sunday school this morning. And so the requirement of faith is belief that's in action. It's belief that has substance or if it has uh, something behind it. Uh, verse 5, it says that his faith was counted for righteousness. Um, well, first of all, it said that his belief was counted. 
for righteousness. But now his faith is counted for righteousness. So those things, he's just taking it a step forward. Uh, Romans 5.1 says, yeah, I've got it right there, sorry. Uh, faith equals righteousness. Go back to that if you don't care, I'm sorry. Uh, faith equals righteousness. I don't have a copy of my notes filled, uh, the, your notes filled out. So, um, so you mass scholars, belief equals faith, belief equals righteousness, faith equals righteousness. It, it, has, you know, it has to be that way. Um, Romans 5.1, thank you, Derek, says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so faith has to have evidence. Philippians 3.9 says this, that being found, Be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. If any man that lived besides the Lord Jesus Christ had a chance or had the, the substance in his life to say that it was, he was righteous, it was Paul. If any man did. But he said in previous to this, he says it counted as dung. All, everything I've ever done, you counted as dung. I only glory in, the, in Jesus Christ. That not having found my own righteousness, what is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul couldn't glory either. Not as good as he was. He can only glory, he can only put his faith in his righteousness of Jesus Christ. Habakkuk 2.4 brings another element into it. It says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So, you think about that. Next key for you and for me is faith is not faith unless you're willing to act on it. It's not. It's just a word. You know, all of us are sitting here today in these chairs that you got. And, you know, these are the life's journey chairs. But we could, we could bring our chairs out if you wanted. It would be the same principle. You know, they look pretty sturdy. they got padding. they got a back. But you don't know that they're going to hold you till you sit down in it, till you rest in it, right? It's the same principle with us. We have to put our faith into action to show God that we believe it. You may have faith, but if you don't put it into action, you don't really believe it. Now, I'm not talking... You're starting to look at me cross, and that's okay. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying that you did, at one time didn't put your faith and trust in Christ. I lived a long time of my life just saying I was born again, and that was it. Period. My faith didn't have any substance behind it. I believed I was saved, but by the way I lived my life, you couldn't have said, you couldn't have told them. I mean, that guy's lost as a goose. If you looked at, if you looked at the fruit in my life, I didn't have faith, enough faith to follow. And so that's for us, and that's the requirement of faith, and that's what you see with Abraham. He was willing to do what God told him to do. In, verse, in chapter 12, he said, get out of the country. He got out of the country. In chapter 15, he gets the promise of the promised seed. Now, he, he laughed a little bit. His wife laughed a little bit a little bit later. But they still went with what he said. Verse, in chapter 17, God makes a covenant with him. And... Chapter 22, what happens? That promised seed that he loved so much, 
he took him to kill him. If you read that passage out, he says, I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and we will come again. Not I will come again, we will come again. We're coming back one way or the other. He was committed to what God told him to do. Uh, why? Because God told him to. Romans 1.17 says this, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So I want you guys to understand, you have got to give your faith some legs. You've got to give it some arms. You've got to give it some hands. You've got to give it some action. That's what God wants. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying that you know, you're not going to heaven. But we've got to start living by faith. Um, you know, and I know some of you are also thinking, well, what about James? What about the book of James where it talks about, uh, you know, that show me my faith you know, by my works, and I'll show you my works by my faith, you know, that. Um, I get it. But we have to understand in Scripture, first thing we do is always break down a passage and say, who is this written to, Right? We got three groups of people. We got Jews, we got Gentiles, and we got the church, right? So every scripture, every passage of scripture is written to one of those three groups. So what we need to understand is it might be written to you, it might not. Uh, so every passage of scripture is not for you, okay? Uh, or not, it's not to you, I'll put it that way, thank you. Um, it's not to you, but it can be for you. And so, if you read, and just, you don't believe me, so let's turn to James 1. Real quick, it won't take me just a second. Keep going to your right. Chapter 1 of James, everybody got there? Amen? Yes. What does it say? James, the servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Raise your hand if you are in the twelve tribes. It's not written to you. Okay? So, that's, that's, that's how you break down Scripture. That's how you decide what's for you and what's to you. It's not written to you. But we can't take some application for it. Uh, and so... You know, the next thing and the last thing I'm going to look at, we've got just, we've got about maybe 15 minutes or so, um, is the reward of faith. The reward of faith. And we see this blessedness that God is going to describe uh, in verse 6. It's extended or it's given to people that didn't deserve it. Uh, let's look at verse 6 there. It says, even as David. Two most important words in your Bible. Like and as. Okay? So he's making a comparison here or a metaphor. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto, to, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute 
sin. And so the reason that he used David as, as an example, um, Paul was great at this. Like Paul was, I mean, he could always just get right down to the heart of the matter, to whoever his audience was. So if we had to describe David, we'd say he's a man after God's own heart, right? We'd say he's the king of Israel, one of the greatest kings, you know, they had. Um, he was the recipient of the Davidic covenant. He was the one that God promised said that your throne will be established forever. Now, he wasn't talking about his throne, but he was talking about his seed. He was talking about that the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would come out of his line and he would be established forever. He's a psalmist. He's a great military leader, great musician. We talked about that in our Sunday school class last week, you know, some of the the psalms that he wrote, but also the instruments that he built, you know, all these different things that uh, they were still using years after his death. But, you know, you're still up on your daily Bible reading, right? Yes. What was our reading just on Friday? Psalm 119, right? And what we saw in Psalm 119 is what? I love God, but I really love his word. And I love reading it. It's, it's my meditation all the day, right? And, uh, you know, 176 verses of I love God's word. So much so that I'm going to write that. Um, and yet, you know, it doesn't stop there. He was also an adulterer. He was a murderer. He was a bloody man that he's described. He disobeyed the very word that he loved so much. He had clear instructions many times on what not to do, and he did it anyway. He numbered the people, and um, a third of his people got killed, I believe. Um, so by Jewish law, if you think about that, he should have been put to death, Right? So what, what, was, what was different about him? What was the, I guess, the, what made him different or what made him special? Let's read a little bit. Uh, Psalm 32. Uh, we got this word called impute. Uh, we're going to define that first and then we'll read Psalm 32. It says, um, I'm sure all of you use that in your daily walk. You know, every, oh, God imputed righteousness to me, you know. Uh, um, it means to ascribe or to credit, but it can also mean to lay guilt or blame to. It's used both ways in the scriptures. Uh, Psalm 32, 1 and 2 says, Blessed, and this is David writing this, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. And so it's the negative context or God not doing something, the Lord not imputing iniquity there. And so what we see is God could have done something to David. God could have said, zap, and killed him. He did it before, you know, for really, if you think about it, I mean, in our eyes, maybe less things, you know, okay, I lied about what I paid for something. You know, Ananias and Sapphira, remember that? Uh, he didn't give them a chance. 
He gave them one chance to own it, and they didn't. That's the difference. David owned his junk. And God, because David owned his junk, he didn't zap him. He didn't impute iniquity to him. He didn't hold him um, guilty in his eyes. He forgave those sins. Isaiah 51, uh, 1 uh, Romans 7, 4, 7 says, saying, Blessed are they, are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And we ought to all say amen right there. Uh, you know, for me, there's a lot of mine that have been forgiven and covered and blotted out. And I praise him for it. Psalm 51, 1. This was why David got a pass. This was why an exception was made for him. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Hide thy face from my sins, verse 9, and blot out all my iniquities. This was after his sin with Bathsheba. Uh, you know, I got some pretty bad sins in my life that I've done uh, from an earthly standpoint. I've never had anybody killed, you know. I've never, you know, put somebody in the heat of a battle because I wanted to you know, have their wife. Um, you don't think he understood forgiveness? You don't think that he understood? He knew what the law was. If anybody knew what the law was, it was David. You know, he's begging. Purge me with hyssop. Cleanse me. Uh, and God gave, gave him, you know, he, he imputed righteousness to him. Isaiah 44, 22 says this, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sin. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Um, verse 7 says that the iniquities are covered. It also says that the sins or iniquities are forgiven. It also says that the sins are covered. Psalm 85, 2 says this, Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Not some of their sin. Not just the good ones or the bad ones or the in-between ones. God gave his son for every sin that would ever be committed once and one time only. Psalm 103, 1 through 3 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And so, you ever had a stain at your house? You know, None of the guys ever doing cleaning, so I'll talk, I'll talk to the ladies here. So you've got your husband is, yeah, I see, Jamie, I saw that. So your, your husband made a mess, your son, children made a mess, and so immediately the guy's like, eh, it'll be fine. Clean it up later. Um, for, for ladies, it's like we got to start scrubbing like right then. We can't let it sit. We can't, get it, we can't let it get in the, the upholstery. We can't let it sit on the floor. Otherwise, it's going to do what? It's going to make a stain, right? And then we're, every time we look at it, when you come in the room, oh, there's that stain. And then the disdain comes in, you know, and the look comes to their husband who, who did it in the first place, right? Thank God that God, when he gave his son, it wasn't like that. Thank God that it covered every sin. That there's no scrubbing that has to be redone. There's no, well, let's go throw something else on that stain and see if it comes out. All our iniquities are forgiven. 
They're all covered. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, David, because he knew that fact, your next key is David knew better than anyone the blessedness of God's forgiveness at this time. You, you don't think he was thankful? What? You're going to let me live? You're going to let me keep serving? You're going to let me keep ruling? You're going to allow me to father Solomon? You're going to allow me to keep leading your people? He knew about the blessedness of forgiveness. He knew about it personally. And so us today, we ought to, we ought to be thankful. Because God could just as easily zap us just like he did to multiple people in the Bible. But he has imputed blessedness and forgiveness to us, and thus righteousness. And so 2 Corinthians 5, uh, yeah, there's the next point. I don't, I'm sorry. Blessedness equals blamelessness. Now, I know what you're thinking. When you get stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, if you're saved, you're going to give an account of everything that you've done, everything that you've said, Every idle word will be brought under subjection. And you may lose things. You may lose your rewards. But in God's eyes, you're still going to heaven. You're still going to be blameless. You're still going to have the sin, the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your sin. Every one of them. And you still get to spend eternity in heaven. Um, that's what that word means. Not impute sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 26, 19 and 20 says this. Uh, to wit, 21, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So that sacrifice for us meant that we're blameless in God's eyes. When he looks at us, if we're saved, he sees the blood. Praise the Lord, man. Um, praise the Lord for that. Romans 5, 12 and 13 says this, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For unto law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. And so, you know, when you think about that word and you think about the imputing or imputation, then the two applications for us is that God imputed righteousness to us through his son. And he didn't impute judgment to us. Uh, he, could have done, he could have done that very easily. He had every grounds to. Uh, you know, we are not going to be able to glory in ourselves, we can only glory in the cross. We can only glory in the blood of Jesus Christ that he's applied to us. Lastly, uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 22 and 23 says this, Abstain from all appearance of evil. All appearance of evil. Not just the ones that you want to abstain from. Uh, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Ephesians talks about that God put down earnest money for us uh, through his son. Uh, he put down the earnest, and he's coming back to get his investment uh, very soon. And 
you know, we don't want, you think about uh, a gift or you think about something that's given to you. If somebody gives you something and puts it into your account, do we let it sit or do we want to use it? You know, my son is very, so if he gets any kind of money, whether it's 15 cents or whether it's $5, he doesn't want it to sit. He doesn't want it to, you know, he, want, he wants to go spend it right then, you know, because he, he thinks that, it's, you know, somebody's going to take it from him. You know, uh, he got that from me. But um, because God has put something into our account, and we have, he's imputed righteousness to us, man, we ought to start passing it out to other people. We ought to start telling people about it. We ought to be excited about it. You know, we don't need to put that into our account, or if you want to use biblical terms, I guess that's what we're doing today. Um, I'm going to dig it up. Hide it. Wait till God comes back. Hey, I got what you, your one talent that you gave me. You know what he's going to say? So? You know, anybody could have done that. You could have at least got some interest from it. Take your talent, put some actions to your faith, and grow your talents that he's given you. Take them out to the world. Go to Zambia. Go to Malawi. Walk across the street. I mean, goodness gracious. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself today. Don't think that I'm getting on to you guys. If it, if it lands on you, fine. But it lands on me. You know, that I won't take the effort to cross the street, cross the road, get out of my car, you know, to share the gospel with somebody. Shame on me, you know, if I won't do that. And so, you know, we need to put some actions to the faith that we are supposed to have. Um, and so that's where we're going to close today.